What do Steven Spielberg, Steve Jobs, and Lee Kuan Yew have in common? Well, besides being famous, they're dyslexic. Worldwide estimates that dyslexia affects 5-15% to of the population, which is why we need to understand it better. In this bonus episode of the How We Read podcast, I decided to explore dyslexia, a topic you might be interested in. Bonus episodes run a little differently from the regular episodes and are structured as straight interviews for listeners interested to find out more about a particular perspective on a topic. I'm Lo Chin Yi. Welcome to the How We Read podcast. To tell us more about dyslexia and what we can do to help dyslexic children learn to read, I speak with Edmund Leong, Director of Specialised Educational Services at the Dyslexia Association of Singapore, to find out more about dyslexia. Edmund is also completing his PhD at the National Institute of Education, exploring the links between dyslexia, motivation and engaged reading. First things first, what exactly is dyslexia? Dyslexia can be characterised by problems with accurate or fluent word recognition, poor decoding and poor spelling abilities. This is the main problem with dyslexia and because of these problems, it usually will lead on to secondary consequences such as uh, reduced reading comprehension, reduced reading experiences or a challenge in vocabulary growth for example and of course challenge in writing. Dyslexia is a condition that can often be undiagnosed until well into adulthood. What are the signs that parents should know are possible markers that their child might be dyslexic? What's most common is reversals. You hear of reversals, meaning the misunderstanding of how the letters B and D are formed, confusion between the two, B, D, P, Q. But there are also other common uh, challenges, for example, missing letters when you're reading, uh, missing letters when you're spelling, adding letters, for example, is possible as well. But these are just some signs. They may not necessarily mean that a child has dyslexia if you see some of these signs in a child. So I I can give you two examples. Uh, One example is that children who are a lot younger, sometimes during that early age when they're still picking up the language, they may not already know the structure of the language. My own daughter, for example, uh, she do show some signs of reversals when she's growing up. The reason why is because she haven't exactly uh, understood that language. So that is why you're delaying the assessment for dyslexia till at the age of six. So only when you're six, when you're going to school in primary one, then you diagnose and see whether uh, this particular child has dyslexia. Another example I can share is my experience when I volunteered to teach in a school in Thailand. It was quite an eye-opener because when I went into the classroom, what I realised when I got them to a spell, I realised that they had a whole lot of reversals. So I started to think a little bit more and wonder why and then I realised that actually the Thai alphabet kind of looks like inverted English letters to some extent. So these are just two examples of how reversals, missing letters, things like that can be signs of dyslexia but it is actually important to go through the assessments to really tell if a child has dyslexia. Is there a difference between dyslexia in different languages? Dyslexia is not exactly language-specific, you see. So when you say dyslexia, it does not mean that it's really a problem with English language and that's it. So you are right, dyslexia can come as a challenge to other languages as well. But there is a difference between the phonological languages. Dyslexia being an issue with phonology, actually the phonological languages, phonemic awareness, for example, is a challenge for languages not only in English, but the other phonological languages. For Chinese, that language is a little bit more unique because Chinese words are taught or read. It's a little bit different. It's uh, logographic, so they're, they're pictorial. The challenges of a dyslexic child 
for the Chinese language may be different. So for example, the lack of ability to recognize the different morphemes or the structure of the word, that could happen as well. Also understanding that dyslexia is really a spectrum of reading challenges. So there might be some children with both issues with English and Chinese. There might be children with issues with the phonological issues and therefore probably more so in English than Chinese. What are the challenges a dyslexic child will face in learning to read compared to a non-dyslexic child? It is actually quite good to have this comparison between a dyslexic child and a typical child. I can think of an example, probably more so for a younger age than eight, uh, to understand a little bit more of uh, language acquisition and how the child picks up that language from when the child is born till the age of eight, for example. If you think of how each of us, the two of us, and probably the, the audience out there, how we exactly picked up the ability to read. If I think how I learned how to read, it really seemed like it came naturally. So my mom read me books and I watched uh, television shows and I had conversations, I hear, overhear conversations. And through all of these uh, exposure and experience, I kind of automatically acquired the ability to read. A dyslexic child, however, the way that child learned to read is, is not that automatic. They require a lot of guidance, a lot of uh, systematic, progressive kind of uh, intervention and training. So for example, uh, instead of uh, being able to recognize a simple word or a sentence from a children's storybook, uh, after a few times of exposure from a parent reading to the child, this dyslexic learner might not be able to pick that up. And therefore, we need to break down that single word into very small categories and small phonemes and build up that knowledge of that word for that child to pick it up. What's one example of a word that a person might read automatically that would be difficult for a dyslexic child? When I was a first-year teacher with my organisation, the Dyslexia Association of Singapore, I came across a secondary two boy. I mean, I knew what dyslexia was. I knew that it was challenges for reading. But when I went into the classroom and I got him to read the first sentence, I was shocked by uh, his inability to read very simple words. So just for example, the word uh, love. L-O-V-E. He can't read the word love. For example, the word clap, uh, he was not able to read it as well, just by looking at it. So we do need to break it down for, for him in order to have him understand how the word clap is being read. How would you teach a dyslexic child to read clap? How to read the word clap. So this is a strategy to teach a dyslexic child, for example. So let's say you want to teach the child how to read clap have the words printed big on a piece of paper. This is called blending, by the way. So we cover the, all the letters except for the first letter, the letter C. And we, prior to this, we have, would have already trained that particular child, how does the letter C sound? So he will say, uh, C uh, sounds like K. After that, you cover everything and except reveal the letter L and then get the child to read the sound L. So the child will say L. And then you review both C and L and get him to read together. C and L together goes Kl. And then you progress on and on and on. And depending on the length of the word, you just carry on expanding until the child is able to read this automatically. So this is, of course, the initial stage whereby a child is still not really blending words properly. But eventually, when uh, this skill becomes automatic, the ability to read becomes a lot faster. It is really tiring for a child to go for many extra lessons to get better at reading. How can we encourage or motivate dyslexic children with their reading? 
so many things to expand on this actually so the first thing i want to share with regards to your comment is uh, yes it is actually very cognitively challenging and i i think a lot of the challenges with reading and learners with dyslexia is because for example the amount of time and effort spent in trying to understand how exactly to read the word clap because of that cognitive load for just reading the word clap the child is not able to actually understand what exactly the entire sentence was trying to tell him so that really restricts this particular child in reading and this is reading comprehension right so you've asked about how it is possible to motivate the children one very important point is encouragement and a building up of self-esteem a challenge that we see in our classroom in all of the learners that i see is that because they are failing in school they're failing in their ability to read they always come in with a very uh, negative self-perception. Very common, I come into my classroom and I have students coming in to me crying and telling me that their friends are laughing at them because they are not able to read in class. Or sometimes the teacher doesn't understand why she's not submitting her homework on time and things like that. So these actually add on to the already negative self-perception that a child already has because this child is already failing in school. Motivation comes with teachers, not just an educator who teaches a child with dyslexia, but also the parents of the child, uh, the school teachers. We need to come together and understand the learning needs of this child, encourage this child to progress as a whole. What is the role of motivation in encouraging dyslexic children to read? I think one of the reasons why the students are not motivated is because, for example, I mentioned the word clap earlier. Imagine you have a page of very interesting text, but this child goes there and uh, does this uh, clap. The process of picking up that particular word and understanding the sentence is just too slow to a point whereby the child loses that interest in the content of the book. So what I found in one of the uh, a study that I have done uh, some time back was that when I tried to ease the, the words in a page or tried to put a few pictures to try to tell the story of the particular passage, the participants in the experiments uh, comment were that they actually really appreciated the fact that they were able to see and understand the story, the big picture of the story, which is something that learners with dyslexia very rarely uh, encounter or experience. To answer your question, I think the knowledge and the learning of decoding needs to happen because uh, without decoding, the child is not able to pick up uh, individual words to read. But at the same time, we do need to provide opportunities for children to enjoy stories through other possible means. It's not just about enjoying stories, it's also about acquiring knowledge because if you are able to read text, then you are able to acquire and absorb knowledge. And this is really not accessible to a lot of these learners who are not able to read. The answer to that question is really uh, the need to work in both directions, uh, bottom-up and top-down. So learning how to decode individual words and at the same time trying to give this exposure of stories and knowledge to these children with all kinds of alternate means. Singapore classrooms typically have 30 to 40 students. And for such a large class, there has to be a fixed curriculum. How can the Singapore education system better support children with these learning needs? The first comment I would like to point out for this point is that our education system has been really working very hard to try to support all kinds of learners. But as you mentioned, there are challenges uh, mainly because of the size of the class. In a class of such a large size, usually the learners with dyslexia or the learners with learning needs get left behind because the teachers can't exactly afford to wait for the pace of this particular child the teacher has the other children to account for as well. But the education system have been thinking about this. MOE, they have been developing this thing called the SDR or the School Dyslexia Remediation Program. 
So this is where students will be removed from their original class and then they'll have additional intervention for them. Right, within the classroom setting, I think what would be useful for the teachers to do is actually to probably understand uh, the challenges of this child, so put this child in front or match this child with a buddy who is probably a little bit faster to support this child. This is already ongoing in the classrooms. It's really dependent on awareness of dyslexia and how familiar the teacher is with dyslexia. A very important push for the education system as a whole is to ensure that this awareness, this support and the self-esteem of these individuals are accounted for in progressing forward. The children Edmund mentioned are likely to have been diagnosed, but there may be children who are not diagnosed and the teacher may not be trained to tell whether a child is dyslexic or not. Some children may also have learning difficulties that may not be categorised as dyslexia. How can we begin to identify these learning needs? Identifying learning needs is always going to be a challenge. If you're just talking about dyslexia and how many dyslexic learners there are in Singapore and in the world, for example, we know of a whole lot of uh, learners with dyslexia that we teach in my organisation. We have 3,000 to 3,005 learners with dyslexia. But I do come across a lot of friends who are teachers who tell me about the children that they see, they are undiagnosed and asking for housing strategies to support them. You are right in the way that you have mentioned how that there are actually a whole range of students that with, with several kinds of learning difficulties that have yet to be identified. What's really important is not so much of the label, the identification, uh, because every child, dyslexic or not, uh, whether you have a certain learning disability or whether you have other challenges, they are important and their learning styles, the way they acquire knowledge is going to be very different. So what's really important is the knowledge of that teacher to account for the differences of a child. If the child is uh, has challenges to a certain extent that requires uh, some form of intervention, the teachers need to have the ability to be able to differentiate whether or not these children require additional help and where to direct them to. This has to do with teacher education, knowledge of the teachers in acquiring and picking up some of these students. I asked Edmund for some of his final thoughts on teaching dyslexic children to read. The importance of thinking in the angle of celebrating strengths it's just a matter of how society developed in such a way that the way we are acquiring knowledge is through reading and writing. The way we access knowledge is through reading and writing. So, for example, the exams. How, how well we do in the exams is determined by how well you write down the knowledge that you have on a piece of paper. So many times, uh, our learners with dyslexia, they face failure. Very important thing to note is to celebrate success and to celebrate the strengths of some of these children. Do not focus on the academics, the, the challenges in reading and writing, but focus on all the other successes in this particular child. We need to focus on the successes. When children see that they are successful at reading, it motivates them to read more. I interviewed the students at the end of this, this study and uh, the interview was so exciting and thought-provoking because I discovered really something that I didn't discover prior to the study. I really felt and saw the, the excitement of the children that I interviewed and the excitement came with that final possibility in understanding a story. A lot of them, there were a few of them that I interviewed and all of them uh, revolved around the same point which is well, finally, I can see uh, the story as a whole. I, I can understand the big picture of the story. So this is something that they have never been able to discover. They have never been able to look into. In that context, even the children themselves are celebrating their success in finally being able to enjoy a story like the rest of us.
The goal of reading is understanding, and in our roles as teachers, we want all children, dyslexic or not, to be able to understand and to see the story as a whole. Thank you for listening to the How We Read podcast bonus episode on dyslexia. Swipe on the cover art to see show notes with links and references. We're available on all major podcast apps. Please subscribe to be notified of new episodes. For more information, please visit lochenee.com.